Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Livigno to Levin. Visma Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Hello, folks. Once again, this is Livigno to Levy podcast, and the season is over now. The great 100K Orefils uh, Lope took place uh, yesterday, and my guest here today is Gustav Korsgren, Team Ramutten's captain, the man who's definitely happy today. I am your host, Demo Virtanen, and I'm actually sitting at the train station here in Rovaniemi, getting back from Nurenschelslopet. So I'm really tired as well. But you guys out there, you gotta be tired, uh, Gustav. It's been a long season and a tough, long race yesterday. Yeah, definitely. It was a long season, compact season, and uh, this race uh, yesterday, 100 kilometers. Uh, yeah, we're definitely tired, but happy. And tough conditions. It took uh, over five hours uh, for men and women. So this is the, the longest ever in Ski Classics. Started out late, maybe a, a bit better in the morning, but uh, then it started raining and it was really tough, wet conditions in the end. But isn't this what the uh, long distance skiing is about? Uh, yeah, we, we just do the thing we do with the, the athletes uh, and uh, it's winter sport and tough conditions is it's also tough to go in the condition in Vasalopet when it's very speedy tra speedy track so uh, I mean um, they just focus to get from start to finish as fast as possible whatever so about your Athletes, were they a little bit nervous about this before the race, or what was kind of the, the mood in the morning yesterday before the race? Because it was the longest ever and tough conditions, long season. Um, yeah, I think it was different from from um, like Max. We have uh, decided that he will go on a breakaway as early as possible to get this <coughs> 50 plus 50 points in the sprint. Uh, so he had a challenge with that, but he was really motivated uh, to do that. And uh, so, but like, yeah, Hermann Paus, uh, he was of course really nervous for the distance to 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 do this for five hours or five and a half or in all the uphills. And yeah, he he didn't know what to expect. So. But Berlina was pretty confident. Uh, yeah, yeah, she was. Uh, she has been training a lot on these tracks and done five, six hours um, uh, on these tracks in the in the, in the in the spring last year. Um, so she knew what it was all about, uh, and um, but in the same time. Uh, you need to be extremely motivated to do this in a good way. Uh, and she was, uh, of course, uh, but she told me afterwards also during the competitions, it's so easy to get these 
negative thoughts uh, and when and she knew that this yellow bib was uh, complete, completed and uh, you know all easier to get these negative thoughts that to give up in one way when they were like five they were four and it's like you're coming coming back to you it's oh this is good enough the others are strong i i let them go with it's but um yeah then it's it's important to get some sugar in the head and turn around these negative thoughts i didn't comment commentate this this is the first race of the season that i didn't comment, commentate. It was a guy, uh, guy Macria, and um, of course, uh, Simon Ustesen did a good, good job there. Uh, as I said, I was racing myself. I had my own own beauty uh, uh, of pain, so to speak, uh, 220k Red Bull Nudenschusslopet. Uh, but let's go through that uh, in the women's race and, and the men's race. Uh, I know the results, of course, and I uh, know the breakaways and things like that. But Let's get started with the women's race first. How did it uh, start out? Um, on the TV, <clears throat> it's, it looked like they were going uh, just a normal pace, uh, but it was so tough conditions. So uh, they tell me afterwards that it was hard from the start just to move forward. So it was, uh, but it was not a super speed but we had a plan to go uh for this to do, to get so much point as possible at the sprints <clears throat> for this team competition so at the sprints it was um, tough of course and the, the women sprinted and it's good to see also that it isn't just uh, our three girls who sprints it's also britta for lager and ellen molin and anniken and uh, so uh, many of the girls are sprinting, and it's good to see, fun to see. And then, how did it uh, evolve? You know, from that point, the race. Uh, <clears throat> from the, when you come to Utsjö, the, the the second sprint, you got well, like fifty kilometers of super hard track in the mountains where, until you come back to Utsjö, uh, fifty-five kilometers or something like that, uh, and uh, they were going. Uh, Pretty fast, even though it was no um, uh, push, uh, but they were going fast. Uh, Roxanne Lacro, she was uh, doing a good pace. Um, Ida Dahl was doing a, a small uh, yeah, breakaway tryout in the Trillevallen, uh, and they were as soon as they, they were moving forward the first climb uh, they have yeah, 15 kilometers of climbing <laughs> pretty much up there uh, there were only uh, five girls left so smutna and britta was 30 seconds behind uh, and also good to see that lynn sumskal with grip packs was uh, in the front and she was actually taking the the first climb the grip packs so they were five when they then moved over the Grofjället and then down to, to Edsostalen. Uh, but uh, mm, Thea uh, was the one who, who was still in that pack when they come, came to Edsostalen and Lin Sömskar with the grip pack. She was, um, she was off. So uh, when they started the second climb up to the uh, Ellibergs Rundan, uh, 
Day, uh, The Five Girls, uh, Roxanne Lacroix, uh, Ida Dahl, Lina Korsgren, um, Emilie Fleten and uh, Kroken Murud uh, was uh, together all the time and made the second climb. There was a little bit of uh, kind of a sprinting there also, especially for the points in the, our team competition but uh, uh, Ida and uh, Emilia also was fighting for the second place in that competition um, but Emilia uh, was in the end second in that competition behind Lina and Ida was third in the climb in the climb after that it took like one hour more <laughs> until they reached Utrecht uh, I think they, they have been out for four hours when they came to Utsjö, something four and a half hours uh, for the last. And then they come to Utsjö, the Utsjön, uh, they have 17 kilometers left. And directly when they came to the ice, first part, uh, the only part where it was really good condition, it was pure ice, uh, Roxanne dropped, she was dropped directly. I don't know if she didn't. Could, if she couldn't handle the speed or, um, or or she was just tired uh, so then they were four girls and then um, we gave time to the girls that the, the men are closing and we're coming to that but the first time was of course on uh, that uh, Oscar Karina was alone uh, and he had a big gap to the group so we we yelled, we coached uh, the girls with that information so they knew that, okay, Oscar, it's not maybe possible to hang hang on to him, but then the group will come later. But, uh, when Oscar came after Utsjön, when it was like 15 kilometers left, all the four girls went with him, behind him. And that was the, the time when you saw how tough it was in the last... Uh, the last 15k to go in the front in that wet condition. So um, they were uh, yeah, sticking on to Oscar, and but then it's uh, uphill uh, towards Valbo when it's 10 kilometers left. At that part, Lina was really struggling, and she uh, dropped um, the back of uh, Oscar Kadin. Uh, so it was Emilia who closed the gap with Ida and uh, Krukan Murud also uh, didn't uh, hang on to, to the back either. So Oscar went away with, with Emilia and Ida and uh, Thea and Lina was uh, left alone. But in somehow they uh, struggled, especially Thea uh, struggled really really good and uh, she came back with Lina uh, after, a, after a while uh, to Oscar and, and the other two girls uh, but then uh, it was tough so they were dropped uh, a second time uh, but after that they, um, they came up to Valbo and uh, there was a coach zone with drinking after in Valbo Oscar did something with the, his belt and uh, the speed was decreasing a little bit and the two girls 
came back again. So um, a lot of things happened uh, after Valbo, but after that, uh, they were together again. Uh, but then all of a sudden, uh, it was uh, Lina who was looking stronger together with Emilie Fleten. So Ida and Thea was dropped. Um, so it was turning around all the time, uh, but then it we, we came closer to to Volodalen. Uh, Ida came back, and so there were three girls, and uh, Thea was yeah she was she was looking that this is finished for her. But then uh, a second group of men came back. Um, to Oscar, everything was closing in the men's race at the same time. So Thea came back also. So in the last four kilometers, a lot of things happened together with the men. But the thing is, when Thea came back, Ida was dropped again. <laughs> so Ida had uh, really hit the wall when it was three kilometers from the finish. So she was dropped and uh, finished fourth. And then into the last kilometers, there was a hard pace from uh, from the men and uh, Emilie Fleten and Lina uh, hanged on to the men uh, the best so Thea was um, uh, third and uh, in this in this finish it was a sprint finish and uh, once again it was Lina who pulled the longest straw how to say uh, she was had a good sprint so Thea was second Lina was first but uh, tired girls really tired girls at the finish so a lot of things happened back and forth yeah and and and, and, and that was a really good profound and detailed uh, summary of the women's race and uh, but speaking of this a little bit i mean thea kruka murud and roxanne lacroix both of those skiers have performed extremely well towards the kind of this latter part of the season Hmm. Uh, was that something that uh you surprised you a little bit or particularly roxanne i think uh, amazingly good performances yeah it was her personal best again uh, yesterday um, so yeah she uh, find her shape in the end she was also good in the start of the season but um, uh, had i don't know but she had bad last parts of some races where she lost a lot of time i think it's just Isariska was one of that race but uh, now she holds it together and made really good performances the last races and uh, Thea haven't raced anything until Vasaloppet and from Vasaloppet and this yeah Vasaloppet and three races here they, she has been uh, one of the top contenders and uh, it was good to see her on the podium so the results for the women's race, uh, so as you said, Lina Koskren won uh, five hours and 50 minutes and 10 seconds. I mean, a really a long race, almost yeah. six hours. Then Emilie Fleten uh, only uh, three and a half seconds behind, 3.6 to be exact. Then Thea Krokemurud, their uh, third, and then Ida Dahl, fourth, Roxanne Lacroix, uh, fifth, Brita Johansson-Nukren, sixth, Lin Shemskar, seventh, Katarina Smutna, eighth, Sofie Lebrou, 9th, Elin Moulin, 10th, Laila Kveli, 11th, Heli Heskanen, 12th, Anniken Jerde Alnes, 13th, and Julia Angrecho, 14th, and Clara Morakova, 15th. Those were the 15 best gears. But since you did so good summary of the women's race, let's do the same for the men's. 
I'll try that. <laughs> and I can start with, we had the plan with Max Novak trying to do like Stian Berg at Vasaloppet last year and collect as many sprint points that he can in a breakaway. And hopefully he will he could get to the second place in the sprint overall, beat uh, Lekshanin and uh, Stienberg, of course. It was just one point behind one point behind him. Sorry. But um, yeah, he went uh, after two kilometers uh, and he went like all in. But um, it was uh, Vinyar who was closing the gap, I think. Uh, but uh, that gap wasn't closed until uh, after seven kilometers or something. It was took so long to them to get together two persons to, so they can have a cooperation. So when he finally got to Max, the breakaway was pretty much over. And it was over because uh, Vilik Shanin, of course, he wanted to defend his position in the sprint competition. So when they came to the first sprint, uh, they, they were still hungry for points, of course. So it was a full, full out sprint. And also Oscar Kadin was there and collected points and tried to, I don't know if he tried some breakaway or something like that. And he was really offensive in that sprint. Um, when they came, uh, then it got kind of, um, the, the, the group got together after the first sprint uh, and then the speed was going up again and then they came to Utsjön and uh, was moving forward to the to the second sprint uh, and that sprint Willik Shanin uh, was before Max and that uh, meant that Willik Shanin uh, became the second uh, in the sprint overall and max third. Uh, I don't know the exact result at the sprint, but um, anyhow, it was uh, uh, like a speeding up also for the top contenders towards this um, climbing uh, to get the good positions. So it was a hard pace uh, in Utsjö uh, and up up that hill, it, I think it was... Uh, Johan Hull, who was going away a little bit and was speeding up, but um, yeah, it was moving like uh, different contenders in the front uh, all the uphill to, to the first climb, but uh, uh, I think it was after just 20 minutes uphill, I think it just was like 17 guys left in the bunch or something like that, so the pace was hard. Uh, and uh, but no one did anything really spectacular. No one tried a really real um, breakaway. Uh, I think some of them, Jardal and then um, maybe it was some of the uh, rugby skiers also who tried just a couple of meters, but then ah, they got back to the group. Uh, but towards the, the the climbing, it was a. Uh, really hard fight between Jardal and, and uh, Morten Eide. And, and that was also for the second and the third, I think, overall, they were sprinting. Uh, because there it was uh, Bukuyo who had already won the climbing uh, competition. So 
<clears throat> they had a hard fight. Uh, actually, after the first climb, they were um, shook uh, each other's hands, um, and yeah, that it was a good, good, clean fight, I think, for the points or something. Uh, but uh, that continued. Also, the group stayed together pretty much, and it continued up to the second climb. Uh, and once again, it was a fight between Jardal and, and Morten Eide. Uh, and in the end, in that climbing position, I think it was Jardalen Wright, who is the second overall, and Morten Eide third. But at that climbing position, the second one, we saw Oscar, who hanged on to that sprint, and after the sprint, he went. Mm -hmm. So he went full gas for breakaway, uh, all alone. And uh, you saw at that moment uh, how tired many of the guys were. So the group was splitting up. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of guys uh, um, struggled a lot for a couple of kilometers on the mountains before they went came came together because uh, Oscar got so big gap. Uh, it's uh, really fast. It was one minute, then it was two minutes, and when he was going down to uh, Utra, he had uh, at one point he had three minutes and twenty seconds on that uh, on the main bunch. So uh, the feeling was that they gave up for this uh, for the victory, and Oscar looked really strong. And uh, but then on the on the on the lake in Utrun, when it was 20 kilometers left, I think it was URTLA and Anders Auckland. Uh, maybe it was also Kasten who tried to do new breakaways for the second position or something like that. Uh, and that at that point, Emil was uh, dropped from this, uh, like you can call it like a second group. Um, so he looked really tired, um, but when they started to do these uh, breakaways, um, they took a lot of time on Oscar Kadin in just a few kilometers. Uh, but then it was Joar Tele who got away alone, he also, um, and the group stayed together, but in I think it was just they had moved up so it over the lake it got from three minutes to Oscar to two minutes to Oscar for the group. Uh, and in the middle they got uh, now a breakaway uh, for the second position with Joar Tele. Uh, but then this last 15 kilometers with this uh, really wet tough snow came and uh, the gap to Oscar was uh, like uh, dropping so much, so just you can you can almost see on the helicopter view that uh, it was really heavy for Oscar, and he he also had the girls behind him. Yeah, then uh, Juartela uh, was in a breakaway for the second place, but when they came to this last 15 kilometers, you really saw that they were struggling with the. With the speed and the snow, so Jortele uh, was closing really fast on Oscar Kadin, and also 
the the group behind was also closing but the the chase wasn't that intense uh, until uh, Emil Persson actually got back and got some more power and starting to to take responsibility in that bunch they uh, kept the speed up in that bunch but at the same uh, time Joel Tele came back and came up to to Oscar uh, after Valbo and they they were two rugby guys in the front and you thought that uh, now they can uh, cooperate and be one first and second uh, but they were really struggling to, to keep the pace together and the girls were still behind the two uh, rugby, rugby guys so and also the you saw the hunger from the bunch behind and Emil, he was closing really fast and got more and more power to close the gap on these two two guys. So, yeah, it, it happened so far, much in the in the last kilometers. The, this bunch with, uh, I think, that uh, Emil uh, took responsible for uh, included uh, especially Andreas Nygård, who was looking super fresh. Uh, so in that way, it looked good also for Ragda to that this bunch came came uh, and closed the gap to Oscar and Joel And that was about, I think it was like five, six kilometers left from the finish uh, when they closed the gap. Uh, and now it was uh, like 10 Ten, uh, 10 men who was together again until the last kilometers. But uh, again, it was really hard to go in the front. So one more bunch came uh, and closed the gap to this to this first group. So uh, I think it was like uh, 12 or 13, maybe more guys who was... Uh, 13 guys yeah, in the last kilometers. So, um, and, uh, <clears throat> and when they came uh, into the last kilometer, uh, it was Ari who made a really good push uh, and went for it. And he got a gap uh, and he looked really strong. And uh, uh, they have regroomed the last uh, kilometers. So I, I, I believe it was a little bit better condition the last kilometer so uh, it looked really good for Ari and Emil tried to, to hang on to get his normal good position for the sprint but uh, you could see that he he was tired so he was he was off uh, but then uh, Andreas Nygaard with, uh, with Stian Hölgård to uh, when it was 300 meters left just before the the, the sprint finish area uh, and when they were closing into the last 200 meters these three guys was with a small gap to the to the rest of the guys and they were uh, doing the sprint for the victory in Orefjellsloppet this was the moment also you saw that Andreas Nygaard was super fresh uh, he was back from his injury and he looked like the, the old uh, uh, sprint Oxen again, so he took this sprint victory. Uh, sprint uh, look easy, always easy when they are good. And uh, 
also good to see that Stian Hölgård really did a good sprint. He was on the podium again, and Arik kept uh, kept the speed up and uh, got his. I think is it uh, second, his second 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 uh, podium. podium. Yeah, since he started three years ago or something like that. Exactly, two years ago. Yes, exactly. So, mm. so really an interesting, as you said, really an interesting race. Uh, uh, and a couple of things I want to point out from there is that, of course, as you mentioned, Andreas Nikord uh, back in the game, back in business again, he won the race. Stian Hölgard, same with mm. him. Of course, you talk about Ari Lusua on the podium. Eugen Wenfjeld, fourth. Really yeah. a good race. Yeah. Yes. And he was yeah. a guy who... Uh, he was dropped off pretty early in the race, uh, so he came back. I don't know exactly where it was, but uh, uh, he was the guy who came from like 25th place or something, doing a lone race, and then came back to the bunch, uh, dropped again um, in Utrecht, and then came back in these small groups in the end and finished. Was it fourth? Fourth, exactly. Yeah, that was really impressive. Which kind of goes to show you that anything can happen in a long race like this. Uh, definitely, definitely. And then you mentioned, talk about Emil Parson, didn't win, but once again, really a solid, great performance. Fifth, he's always yeah. been up there, either winning or on the podium or really close to the podium. Kasten Juhauk, sixth. It's been a really mm. good uh, season for him, this latter part. Uh, he's always kind yeah. of visible, very strong. He yeah. could be a contender and next year. Don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, he also did a really nice maneuver in the last, when it was two kilometers left. So he went for it. Uh, and uh, in that moment, Emil had to chase. So uh, that was a nice maneuver from Ragde and Kasten to do that. Um, so, uh, and to do that in two kilometers left and still be in the, some kind of this sprint and we finish six is uh, really good. So I think he's strong and he done his races now, uh, 90 kilometers, 100 kilometers. Uh, so uh, he knows what it's all about and what to do in the summer training now. And then seventh, Anders Auckland, 48 year old, <laughs> you know, master skier, <laughs> really a great performance. Although we kind of knew that this is his type of race. Yeah, and uh, all the the Ragda uh, guys uh, was really um, uh, satisfied with the skis also after the race uh, or during the race, of course. Uh, uh, so you can see that in the in the result also they have uh, all the guys pretty much is top fifteen or something. Oh, not all of them, but many of them. And then uh, uh, Sustar, Turlev Sustar from Team mm. Teng, eighth. Kind of a return, you know, for him as well. Yeah. yeah it's good to see that these guys who had uh, maybe a pretty much a tough season, they can get a result in the end and keep the spirit up and motivation to, to do this also. So that's impressive and good to see. And then Johannes Ekler from your team, tenth. Yeah. Were you surprised yeah. by that, that he was actually faster and better than Max? Uh, no, he has been uh, in this pop group now for several races. Then he, um, 
so he I knew that he he would be strong and uh, he he's really strong he's often in the top uh, top group uh, but he hasn't got the sprint finish yet so he often ends up in the last place of the group but uh, this race he actually beat a couple of guys and finished then so uh, he's a uh, uh, give him one more year, maybe he will get a sprint finish, sprint uh, capacity also. So maybe a podium in the future. We'll talk about the, the future a little bit uh, later on. But the results for the men's race once again. So Andres Newgod won, and there were 13 guys in this bunch, as you as you mentioned in the lead group. Stian Hölgard second, Ari Lucia third, Irvin Muenfield fourth, Emil Persson fifth, Kasten Juhauk sixth, Anders Auckland seventh, Turleif Schustad eighth, Oscar Kadin ninth. Johannes Eklöf, 10th, Monede Pedersen, 11th, Joar Tele, 12th, Tur Astajedalen, 13th, and then Anton Carlson, 14th, Magnus Westerheim, 15th. Those were the 15 best uh, skiers there, and then many, many other good skiers behind them. But now, let's talk about the whole season, because you guys won the protein competition. The whole season pretty much turned out perfect for you guys. You, I mean, your girls, your ladies were so strong. Uh, we talked about uh, uh, the guys a little bit, Max and Johannes, uh, good skiers there. Certainly, they have the potential to become great skiers in the future. Uh, but probably you just have to be completely satisfied with the season and you won the protein competition. Uh, yeah, this has been... Uh extremely good season uh, we had a when we made this plan for the team three years ago we had this year uh, that it was could be possible uh, if we had the development of the athletes to be in the top three in the team competition to be a top three team uh, so <clears throat> when uh, and the season ended in Vasaloppet last year. Uh, we uh, actually we won that uh, team competition in Vasaloppet, uh, and that made a really good team spirit. And all of the guys were, and the girls were really looking forward for this season. And we have talked about this uh, during the summer and. The training camps that uh, we want to be in the top three in the end but to win i mean that uh, I, I, I didn't i believe it was uh, possible but if to do that it had to be extremely good results and uh, yeah that's the answer it had been extremely good results so it's crazy really crazy and it started on a high note, even, you know, you know, the La Diagonela. It was, um, we had a, we had a good plan to go to this, into this season. It was really special when we, uh, during Christmas, when we made the plan for this, with the travel and the, uh, everything with the COVID-19. Uh, but uh, we had a good plan together to do this uh, first four races. Uh, and I think everyone felt secure, safe, uh, good team spirit. So we had a good, 
environment in the team. So uh, I think everyone was really confident just to and calm and uh, it showed off directly in Diagonella. I think that uh, everyone was there to do results and everyone was in good shape. And that victory with Jenna uh, was really special and it was uh, a good start off to, to show for the others in the team that, that it's possible to, to win races. Uh, so uh, that victory with Jenny was really important. It wasn't Lina, it was Jenny, that was something. Uh, it was really good. And then after that, of course, Lena started to win races pretty much every race except that one and and uh, you know the yeah. uh, the last weekends, the first first race of the of the of the weekend, last weekend. Uh, but and then Ida Ida Dahl performed extremely yeah. well throughout the season. So these two ladies, young ladies Jenny and Ida, they already showed potential last season. Mm. But this was truly the breakthrough season for those two. Yeah, they uh, got their podiums for the first time, and uh, the, um, it's it's so fun to see. You have seen on the training that uh, they have moved a step forward in the uh, <clears throat> that they are better, and also I've seen on Lena that she's really strong. But to show that to have skis, to have the shape, to have uh, the mental shape to perform in the winter is uh, it's not given that you experience that so i'm so glad that they have have done that so improved for themselves that they are good and then your wife podium i mean as i said mm. six victories and podium in every single race Im impressive you know performance yeah, they, throughout uh, it's um, of course I've seen that she's strong, but I mean to to win it's uh, so many races. It's uh, it's uh, really impressive. But then she also shows that she she's really mentally strong to have these uh, victories and good shape you have the yellow bib and everything and go to Vasaloppet as the winner from last year also on top of that and to perform the best race of the season that is uh, really impressed me a lot I can say it's uh, it's I I could never do it I'm a loser I'm not a chance <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, it's not so many people who can do that, but uh, I we talked a lot about just that situation to be in um, to be uh, a favorite and go to to a race. Um, of course, there are some people who are born like a winner, or you say, uh, and they can they are becoming better when they come to these races. But I think also for like Lena have been born that way. She has uh, worked really hard uh, with mental coach and everything to 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 be uh, prepared for this situation. So everyone can, I think, train train for that situation. 
That is indeed a good point. You know that uh, a lot of things can be can be uh, t- trained. Going back to the yeah. season now, it's over. Uh, it's a very special year because of the corona, different races, new races, the restrictions, everything. Now, when you kind of look back, what's your quick take on on the whole season, the special year, twenty twenty one? The season have been uh, really good. They've been good races, good events. Um, uh the only thing that especially now when we have done so good and we have victories and podiums and everything that it's really special to go do really good results and don't have and you can't celebrate it on the podium or a flower ceremony it's um you do the same achievement of course but uh, to get that top of it uh, top of the celebration with the with the podium and everything it's yeah to not have done that is you miss it you definitely miss it so so hopefully next year we'll get to go back to the uh, the business as usual the normal normal settings but uh, you're also nominated for the the best pro team uh, director once again that's got to mean something i got the the award yesterday for the this year pro team director yeah, it means that for me, uh, I'm really glad and and uh, proud to get the award. Whatever I do as a coach for the team, I do it for the athletes. It's always the athletes first. Whatever question is for things, it's always for the best possible for the to put the, the athletes in the front and uh, the, that they should have the to that they can perform 100%. So everything I do is for them. And um, yeah, it's uh, nice to to see that maybe others see that also, but uh, I will just keep doing what I do and and uh, help athletes. They are doing so much there. They um are putting their life into to get as good as possible in long distance skiing so uh, that means that i also have to do uh, to help them 100% uh, if i just do 90% it's uh, uh, not i don't think that's serious to to these uh, athletes you have to uh, you have to think about how much time they put into it and I have to do that also. So indeed, as you said, it's been an interesting year, perfect for you guys, but this is the time when all of us are looking towards the future, hoping that next year will be business as usual, back to normal, Mm. assuming that, that that will happen. What are you? hoping, expecting, wanting, needing for the from the future? Um, it's kind of a hard question. Uh, you're kind of empty mentally right now. Uh, so the only thing that we have talked about and that we are uh, motivated for is the, is the training season actually to, to develop the, the athletes one step more 
what will happen for next season we, we don't know the program yet but uh, we achieved some so much this season so but of course um, uh, to see uh, maybe Ida to do her first victory to get more podiums for for Jenny and then the guys especially to to get them one more step and uh, uh, I really really hope that we can get a podium for for Max and uh, Johannes uh, next year uh, Herman is maybe a bit too early but at the same time he's so young so he he develops so much in this age so maybe we'll see him in, him in the top six next year you never know but uh, I don't uh, expect that uh, uh, maybe some top ten for him but, uh, and we'll see maybe we'll look into uh, some other athletes to join the team. I don't know yet, but um, young ones also. Um, yeah, maybe because you always look uh, for those young. Ta- yeah, I know. Skiers. <clears throat> yeah, uh, in this, in the other way, maybe uh, some uh, some uh, older with. Uh, with the experience would be good also uh, for these younger younger guys so um, I don't know we'll see maybe you should ask Arelusa to join you yeah how old is he uh 30 something I think but he's been around mm. and he's, he's a good skier Scandinavian yeah. Yeah, and also, it, I mean, this is the, the business for us. Is also we uh, we depend on on the sponsor sponsorships, and for Amudden is uh, is uh, as a Swedish company, but uh, also in Norway and in Finland, Estonia, and Great Britain. So uh, they also, of course, uh, will be glad if we pick somewhere from another nation where they have their company. Indeed. Uh, going back to my, my first question, uh, the hope, hopes and, and uh, expectations and so forth, but also the need. Uh, do you feel that you need something for next next season, something that you're still missing and you should get in in order for you guys to be better? Oh, now I have to think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more money. Everybody needs more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but besides course, that, besides but, that. Yeah. That would be interesting to to grow the team in that way that if I could have a dream uh, it would be like to have a trailer with a kitchen and a chef to have uh, that would be really really good but um, maybe you can do something in between and have a have a chef uh, and a or something in, on, during the, the the winter on the races uh, to get uh, one more level maybe for the athletes. Uh, we have to talk to athletes and see what they what they expect or what they need to be better. Um, in the same way, we in this other way we also have a really good system or plan for for the whole. 
for the whole team, but um, you need to develop and need to change small pieces all the time to to get it going. So, yeah, since since you are now the the, the Wismaski Classics Pro Team Director of the Year, do you see or how do you see that you can develop or or make yourself improve or make yourself better for the future? Um, you get experience for all the time. So I learn so much uh, every year from different things. And uh, especially this year, uh, I learned, learned a lot, but um, to, uh, to get more time for, for the athletes would be good. I'm doing pretty much not everything, but a lot of things right now with the waxing and ski testing and coaching, planning, uh, filling out the protocols for the COVID-19 stuff like that. Uh, so it would be, uh, if we had some more hours with the athletes to, to coach them, maybe it, uh, I would be more satisfied, I think. But uh, maybe they don't want me either. I don't know. <laughs> so, but. And also this season uh, presented some uh, changes and some new things like two races back to back or 100k race. Uh, in, do you feel that uh, some of these should remain in the calendar, like two races back to back or a really long, tough race like this, uh, like yesterday's race? Yeah, I think uh, you have this, uh, uh, this competitions that, yeah, the Grand Slam, the Grand Classics, they are really important races with the, with their, um, set up with that course they have uh, but to find new races that is from uh, uh, close geographic or new races that you can compete two days in a row and maybe three days in a row would be really good and interesting and i was really positive for this when it was two races uh, and um, i think uh, i hope all the athletes also were uh, were not a bit surprised over how how good they were the second day i wasn't that surprised i thought about it that maybe many of you will do perform better the, the second day and maybe if we have three races the third day will be the top i don't know but uh, two races is really good and um, the longer races is i look at the at the time and uh, they are competing and it's uh, uh, a lot of things happen uh, in the body after two and a half, three hours, you know that by yourself, you do a lot of long distance. Uh, and when things like that happen in the body, a lot of things happen in the races also. So it's um, have races that is uh, more than three hours is uh, really good, I think. Indeed, we are now going to wrap up and we will do a season uh, wrap up uh, podcast as well. But I will go through uh, pretty quickly the final standings or the final results of each uh, category here. And uh, let's start with the uh, men's category first champion competition, Emil Parson, and number one, Turase Yedal in second. There was a tight fight between those two, Oscar Cardin. Third, uh, Emil Voku, uh, Ermil Vokue fourth, Motnede Pedersen fifth, and Anton Carlson sixth. And then moving on to the women's 
category. Then your wife, Lena, of course, what an amazing season for her. She was number one, followed by your teammate uh, uh, or her teammate, uh, and, and Ida Dahl, and then Emilie Fleten, uh, third, and Katarina Smutna, fourth, Elin Moulin, fifth, and Jenny Larsson, your, your girl, once again, sixth. So indeed, three ladies from your team in top six. So that's certainly amazing uh, uh, season for you guys there. And then moving on to the uh, youth competition there this season. So we have then Ida Dahl and Jenny Larsson, one and two, and Anastasia Rugalina there in the women's competition and in the men's competition. We have there Emil Parson, Johannes Eklöf, and Max Novak. So a lot of Team Ramutten people in these uh, mm. categories and sprint competition. Then top three here, Emil Parson, Maxim Vileksanin, and Max Novak. And you talked about that a little bit uh, earlier when you went through the, this last race. And then in the women's sprint competition, Lena Koskren, your wife, uh, won that. Actually, this is pretty much your your team's dominance. Lena, uh, number one, Ida Dahl, second, and Jenny Larson, third. I mean, that was your big goal, correct? You know, this this particular category. We saw how you pretty much uh, tactically maneuvered in every race, you know, to win this particular category. I think it's, I talked about it, I think, last year, that uh, I think it's really important for for uh, our skiers uh, to uh, to do sprints, uh, to be part of sprints and uh, try to take points in the climb for their own uh, development as a skier, uh, to do this uh, maximum maximum efforts during races is uh, a really good training uh, and also training for when you came when you maybe someday come to the to this to the to the finish and do a sprint there so i i really like what i see and this have also been good for the team competition of course indeed and then the climb competition alina koskrain won there again followed by emilia fleten and then ida dahl and in the men's category it was ermil vokuev number one and then and then Finally, pro team competition, you guys number one, then followed by Lager 157 ski team, and then team Rekte Ayendom third, Russian winter team fourth, team Kuteng fifth, and then team Nordic athlete sixth. So that's again the, the final results uh, of every competition. Uh, I actually need to uh, run and catch a train, a night train yeah. back home. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Thank you. Uh, good stuff and good luck uh, for you uh, for the next year. I think it, you guys do even better come 2022. Uh, we hope for that and thank you very much for this season. It's been uh, great and wonderful to be part of it. And you folks out there, thank you very much for listening as always. Uh, but don't worry, there will be more podcasts to come. So stay tuned, stick around and just go out there and enjoy life. It's a good spring weather there. Uh, so just go and do skiing as much as you can until the season is over. I'll thank you and see you soon. Bye-bye.
This podcast is a W Sports Media production.